Bro, we live. We are live. We are live. <laughs> Gambling Shake episode called uh, Showdown in the Valley. Yeah, yeah, in the Valley. I went to high school in the Valley. Huh? I went to high school in the Valley. Yeah, this is a different valley, though. This is a different valley. Yeah, it's, it's, it's more dry heat in this valley. It's, um, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's your, a, your boy might be in that valley in a couple of weeks. Oh, oh, oh okay. Not for, I mean, it'll just, just a, a trip for leisure. Nothing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nothing. Uh, not going to any NBA finals games or anything like that. Yeah, Phoenix is on my list. I just want to, excuse me, I just want to know what's, what's out there. Like. Well, okay, so for me, it's, I want to go to the Grand Canyon first. I've never yeah. seen Grand Canyon. Uh-huh. So that's, that's, and then it's like, well, Go there, then head down to Phoenix. Stay there for a couple of days. You know, mm-hmm. I got the month of July. I'm very not busy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I spent a lot. Of, I spent a lot of time in my thoughts, and I think about some weird stuff, Rob. So I'm happy yeah. to get this podcast so I can. Yeah, yeah me, uh, me, yeah, me. Yeah, too. I, I need some help here. So <laughs> yeah, I, I need some help here. Uh, by the way, uh, my name is Robert Harris, aka. Bobby Beats. Uh, you can follow my man or follow me on Twitter at Robo Harris Jr. Robo Harris Jr. Uh, follow my man Gay Myers G underscore Myers 33. Can't forget about 33. Um, yeah, so Phoenix is on my list. You know, the Grand Canyon. And I don't know. I just want to experience like, hmm, they, I, I guess I was looking at Diner Dash and Drives and Seen Guy Fury go to a couple places out there. That I'm like, okay, I, if they're still around, I'll try those out. <laughs> you know, I give them a shot. But Phoenix is a nice city. From what hey, I see, so underrated food city, Denver. Oh, okay. Denver is an underrated food. I haven't been to Phoenix, so I really I couldn't tell you one way. Or the, I imagine they got some good Mexican food out there. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm very picky with Mexican food. Um. But uh, I mean, obviously, Denver doesn't have Mexican food. Uh, don't get don't get Mexican food in Denver if you go. Um, but underrated food city is Denver. I've uh, been to a few places out there. I like uh, I like Denver. Underrated. Well, of course, you live in Houston. I'm from Houston. Mm. Houston is a top. I mean, that's a top tier food city in the country. Yeah, Houston is an elite. Yeah, and they got everything. They got everything from Mexican. Italian, um, Vietnamese, Japanese. Well, well, this is this is what I tell people, and then we'll start talking about sports and stuff. Uh, this is what I tell people when I, when I say like Houston's a top. I think it's a top five food city in America. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't think it's debatable. Um, but the reason why it is, any great food city is a great culture city. And in Houston, there's so much diversity. It's a refugee hub in the country. It's one of the refugee oh, yeah. hubs in the country. So there's so much culture in the city of Houston. And with that comes so many different types of food. And there's so much oh, yeah. competition that it raises up the level of everybody. So it's why cities like New York, Chicago, L.A., Houston, uh, Miami would round out my top five. Those oh. cities have such great food because there's such competition. in the, There's such competition and there's so much culture in those cities. So you like you said, any type of food you want to get, you can get. Very true. Very true. So yeah, that's, pick out that's my that's my argument for Houston being a top a top tier food city in for the sure. United States of America. 
And he's not being biased because he's from there. He's honestly. Yeah, ignore the Houston Oilers shirt. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, the gambling was pretty solid for us last week. Um, we always come one short of a parlay. I think I came two short. Second, second week in a row, I came one short. It was the damn Hawks. I had yeah. overs on it. I hit uh, my soccer bet. My soccer bets were really on point. Oh, yeah. My soccer bets looked really, really good. Drew Holiday came through for me, but mm-hmm. the damn Hawks. I thought I thought they'd be. I, I miscalculated. I thought they'd be able to play a little bit better there without Trey Young. Uh, Milwaukee adjusted for the first time in three years. Um, so <laughs> it was. But I mean, and I'll get into actually Milwaukee adjustments here as we get into our uh, into our first pick of the night. Um, so, but yeah, I missed, that's the one I missed on was just Atlanta. I thought they would win. That was, this was before Game Five. I thought they would end up winning Game Five. I was really hoping one way or another we get a Game Seven in that series, which would make Game One of the Finals tonight. Um, but just the way it works out, uh-huh. oh well. Now we're moving on. So as we go into Game Two, now we know the Suns won Game One. Uh-huh. We're actually in agreement here. So, Rob, I will let you go first. The line has moved down half a point since you placed the bet. I adjusted it on the screen for you. Uh, so we're in agreement here. So I'll let you go first. Milwaukee, Phoenix, who do you what, – what, what's your bet tonight? My bet tonight for Milwaukee Bucks to cover the four-and-a-half point spread. I, I think you looked at game one and CP3 was amazing. Booker Booker was very good. Uh, he, was, he was good. He was great. But Aiden is really the X factor. Aiden is, I, I think, you know, in that low post, he was very physical getting the rebounds. He was very physical, you know, just forcing his way on the offensive side, catching the lobs from CP3, the putbacks. He was unstoppable there. But I think for this game, too, I think Milwaukee will make, like you said, they haven't done this in three years, an adjustment uh, their best to try to – a Chris Paul, and um, they tried to switch on Chris Paul, but just he always does that move. He'll step to the side and do that little wind up and, and just pull a and pull a jumper, pull a jumper mid range or a three, like he did on Bobby Porter's when he stepped out there and tried to guard CP3. But I believe that the Bucks will really make an adjustment in this game. Um, they they fought with them in the first quarter. And really in the first half, honestly, they, they were with Phoenix. It's just that third quarter, Phoenix started to get hot. And once they got hot, they took over on double-digit leads. It was, you know, Bucks tried to narrow it down with the three-point shots with Forbes. And, and um, I don't know why I want to call him Cunningham because that was my middle school. <laughs> Help me out, Gabe. How <laughs> about Connaughton? Connaughton. No. I don't know why I want to keep saying Cuttingham. That's my middle school. But Cottington, uh, he hit some clutch threes to kind of narrow the lead down. But I think you need you you're gonna need more from Forbes. You're gonna need more from Cottington. You're gonna need more from Bobby. Cottington. Cotting Cottington. Not a not Ting. Connaughton. Connaughton. No no G, just an N. Oh, no, so apostrophe on that end. Connaughton and Bobby Portis. You're going to need those uh, guys to just step up a little bit more uh, to help him out. I was impressed by Giannis, honestly speaking. Uh, the knee wasn't that bad. Yeah, we didn't know what we were going to get from him. And he, yeah. loved, he 
he ended up having a lot of rebounds. I, I think he only scored like 18 or 19 points, so the scoring numbers weren't quite there. Inconsistent from the free throw line, that's just yeah, him. That's him. Um, but he, I mean, I, I mean, obviously he had that chase down block athletically. Mm-hmm. He there was one time he actually bullied DeAndre Ayton into a getting into a dunk, uh, going into the post. So he looked. I mean, he did. He it didn't look like that knee was bothering him all. You know, really too much right there. Yeah. So I mean, if if he's moving like that for game one, especially for Thursday night, he's going to be on. I I think he's going to be unstoppable. Nah, he just needs to stop shooting threes. I I don't know what I don't know what he sees or what he feels. I guess that's why I hate. I mean, I love analytical, but then I hate analytical because it's just you know the the way that the NBA. I has promise played. you, there's no analytics that says Giannis should be shooting threes. I promise you, Giannis, when you get out there on that three, if if they're not gonna guard you, take the shot. But um, anyway, but yeah, I, I just think like he. He needs to play his game, mm-hmm. um, honestly speaking. Just get to the rim. That's what you do. You see that little space? Giannis can shift his way to the rim and, and finish. I think he's going to need more of that. Chris Middleton was off. I think he's going to be on, and I will speak about that later on in this uh, this podcast. But I think he's I think he you know he's going to turn it around. He's a streaky shooter, but when he's on when he's on fire, like Chris Middleton is really that X factor. For the Bucks, you know, if Giannis can't get it going, if Chris Middleton get it going, then they, you know, they rally around him. So I think that's what's gonna happen tonight. They're gonna rally around Chris Middleton, and they're gonna come out victorious in Phoenix. They gotta sneak one in there because you go down two zero, and then you going back home. Nah, you no, know, Phoenix is a good road team. Now they ain't no, they ain't no slouch on the road. Ain't they won? What I mean. I mean. Yeah, I mean, they they've won road games in every series um, <laughs> this postseason. So uh, uh, they closed it out in LA. Yeah, against the Clippers. So well, they've won multiple road games in every series. Yeah, not just one a road game. They've won multiple road games in every th- series. So you can't. I mean, obviously, it's like you got to hold serve at home, mm-hmm. but you can't just count on. We'll, eventually, we'll still one row because we'll win all our home games. Now, if Milwaukee wants to win the series, realistically, they're going to have to win. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they're going to have to win two games in Phoenix. I don't think they can. I expect Phoenix to win the series. Yeah. Um, but I'm with you on tonight. I like Milwaukee plus four and a half as well. And I'll do you one better, Rob. I'm going to tell you the adjustment the Bucks are going to make. And it's one I think they should have made a while ago. And it's one they did make at the end of game one. Mm-hmm. Uh, with about four and a half minutes left in the third quarter, Brooke Lopez came out of the game and never went back in. Yep. And they played Giannis at the five. Uh-huh. That's the adjustment tonight. Chris Paul was absolutely torching Brooke Lopez in the pick and roll. Um, the adjustment to that, put Giannis on. Get, put get Giannis at the five. Uh, now, what they started to do was starting to attack Bryn Forbes and Pat Connaughton. While neither of those guys are great defenders, they're not going to be taken advantage of the way Brooke Lopez it, uh, was by mm-hmm. Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Um but that's the adjustment that I anticipate Milwaukee make, making tonight. Also, what that does, playing Giannis at the five, he's going to be on the perimeter less, meaning he may not shoot the three ball, which is in <laughs> Milwaukee's best interest. Because yeah. I'm with you there. Every time Giannis shoots the three, I'm just if I'm Monty Williams or if I'm Nate McMillan, the Atlanta coach, or Steve Nash or Eric Spolstra, the, his playoff opponents, if I'm the coach on the other side, I'm like, yes, take that. Mm-hmm. That's what we want. 
If every defensive possession ends with the Giannis Antetokounmpo three, and I, if I'm coaching against the Bucks, that is exactly what I want. Exactly. Um, so Giannis, one, it gets him playing more inside on offense where he is more. dominant. Two, you get him – you start playing him as a center. Well, now there's not a guy for Chris Paul and Devin Booker just to really roast out there on defense. Right. I like Milwaukee plus four and a half. I'm going to go with the Suns to win the night still. I like Phoenix to still get away with the win. I do think this game will be really close, though. I think it will be close. I like Phoenix in a really close game because of the free throw shooting. Chris Paul and Devin Booker, I think they went 25-26 and 26 as a team from the free throw line. Mm-hmm. Paul and Booker are outstanding free throw shooters. Aiton as a big man is a very, very good free throw shooter. I mean, this is just a really, really good free throw shooting team. Milwaukee, a lot of it because of Giannis, not a great free throw shooting team. So I like Phoenix to win, but give me the Bucks four and a half to cover. Yeah, I'm looking like a one zero. It, it, honestly, I don't know if this is gonna happen again. If DeAndre Ayton catch a game winning at <laughs> in this game, and you know that Clippers game, that game two was really close. That kind of I, I think if you're in that situation, if you're in Milwaukee, you just put Giannis, Brook Lopez, <laughs> and Bobby Portis all at the rim. No value. <laughs> No valley hoop this time around. <laughs> hey, you put that against the rim. You put then, three seven footers at the rim. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it has that feeling, you know. And that game was close. And I honestly speak, I just think that took the that took the air out of the Clippers. Honestly, that took that that game there kind of really took that. You know, it took the confidence away for the Clippers. Yeah. But it, it kind of got that same feeling. And that game was really close, one oh one oh two to one oh one, I believe. And I think. This Bucks game, game two, both teams got to adjust it. You know what I'm saying? And both teams, okay, this is what they're gonna do. This is what they're gonna do. We got the nerves out. It's game one. Let's let's really play ball now. So, I'm curious to see the other adjustment they might make because Brook Lopez, when Giannis was out, he was really dominating inside against Atlanta, mm-hmm. and the Suns have been putting. You know, they'll put Aiton out there on Giannis and have like Jay Crowder defend Brook Lopez. I don't expect Lopez and Giannis to play much tonight, but if Lopez goes in there against the Suns' second unit, Saric, who's already not a good defender, is out. Now Frank Kaminsky takes over as a backup big man. I wouldn't be surprised if Lopez only plays like 10 to 12 minutes tonight, but Uh ends up with like 11 or 12 points. Yeah. Just because they're going to see – I mean, they're going to – because Kaminsky, even back in college and in the NBA now, he's just a big that can shoot. I mean, that's really what he is. He's a big that can shoot. He's not – he ain't in there for his defense. Yeah. Um, he, I mean, I mean, just honestly speaking, he's not in there for his defense. And I know Milwaukee, Brooke Lopez is one of their better players. They want to still use him. You get mm-hmm. him in there when Giannis isn't on the floor, so you really have the floor spaced out for him. Get him in there against a second unit, and the, you know, in the eight to twelve minutes, Kaminsky is inevitably, inevitably going to play tonight. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be surprised if Brooke Lopez. I don't think he's going to play. All that much, I think. Jan, I, I think he will start, but I don't think he's gonna play a ton. But yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm probably, you know, he'll play more than twelve minutes. I said ten to twelve minutes. He'll play more than that. But I wouldn't be surprised if he gets points and bunches against the second unit for the Suns. So that's that's kind of something that I want to watch out for tonight. Yeah, all right. Uh, to my next point, uh, <laughs> stay to this game for Thursday night, uh, game two of the NBA Finals, Milwaukee Phoenix. Under 220 and a half. I think what we're saying with these adjustments, expect low scoring, expect uh more impactful, impactful defense, especially on the book side. 
because uh, Chris Paul was just slicing and well, well, if they play Giannis at the five the way they were doing at the end of game one, then mm-hmm. that takes away a lot of what Chris Paul was doing. Yeah, because Chris Paul is not just going to go at Giannis. So I mean, literally the Suns' offense for the first two and a half quarters of game one was where's Brook Lopez. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that was their offense. <laughs> where's Brook Lopez? Mm-hmm. If Giannis is playing the five, you can't do that. He's a deep, he's a former Defensive Player of the Year. He's a you know very athletic, long defender. You can't really, really can't really go unless your name's Kevin Durant. I don't recommend going at Giannis. Nah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet on it. So I, I believe that uh, this game will be under under two and a, two twenty and a half. So I guess when we're saying like one hundred five, one hundred three in that scoring range for this game too. So we're hoping for missed shots and bad turnovers and um, a slower paced game. So uh, one thing in game one that the Suns did really well, they kept – and I, this is why Giannis' scoring numbers are a little bit lower. They mm-hmm. kept him out of transition. Yeah, that's what I'm they, saying. His mm-hmm. points were in the half court. They did not let him get the ball and go in transition. They just didn't mm-hmm. let the, the Bucks as a team get a whole get a whole lot of that going. Mm-hmm. So that's – I actually – I almost put this down as well. I didn't want to agree with you twice. Um, but it's uh, – but, yeah, I like the under 220 and a half here as well. I think we're in for a lower scoring affair. Yes, sir. So, yeah, I like the under there as well. Um, so I'm going to go across the pond to the Euro final. My Belgians are out of it. Uh, I did call that last week on a podcast, so I thought Italy would beat them once with the injuries to De Bruyne, who did actually end up playing a uh-huh. uh, little compromise, though, and Eden Hazard, who did not end up playing. He, you know, He's someone who could have made a difference in that game. Nonetheless, Italy now in the final, up against England, a dramatic win. Uh, dramatic win yesterday against Denmark. Controversial penalty there, and eh, but the final is at Wembley Stadium in London, so maybe a little bit of agenda going on. It's not you know FIFA, UEFA, not like they're corrupt or anything. <clears throat> oh man! All right, uh, moving on. Uh, Italy, England in the final. This is gonna uh, uh, kind of displease all the casuals or neutrals neutrals out there who don't have a dog in the fight. Just want to see a good game. I like under two goals here. Um, before the game against Denmark where they allowed their first goal of the tournament, that was their first goal out of the tournament for England. They hadn't allowed a goal in the Euros until that game against Denmark. Uh, they were over 600 minutes without allowing a goal. England is very sound defensively. Uh, Pickford is a young up-and-coming goalkeeper. They got really good center backs, and they have a lot of guys, all their guys playing in the Premier League. Premier League. They play in the same league, so they have a good feel for each other. It's a good, you know, it's a good defensive unit. And then um, Italy with Gianluigi Donnarumma at, uh, as a goalie, Chiellini and Bonucci as center backs, and Roberto Mancini since taking over as manager. Since taking over as manager, Roberto Mancini has it, it, his Italy team has not allowed more than one goal in the game. Just a really, really good defensive unit. I like the under two goals here. I'm actually going to give a prediction on this game. I like 1 0 Italy in this game. That's my prediction on this one. I like it. I think Italy's been the best team in this tournament. Um, I thought Spain actually did a lot of good, really good things against them. Not sure England can really replicate that. Mm-hmm. No, England had some really good guys with Raheem Sterling, Harry, Harry Kane, Jack Grealish coming off the bench has been great in this tournament. Um, even with all that, I like Italy and they, just how good they are defensively. Italy, how creative they are on the counterattack. Um, under two goals in this game, that's what I'm going with. I think Italy one nil. That's what I'm. Uh, that's what I'm going with. Under two, Italy versus England in the Euro final. Well, my last pick, Italy 
plus 200 uh, money line. Dude. Um, I'm going with them solely. Uh, I think they are the better team. I think, you know, England was tough. I did watch the games. I even watched uh, England beat down on Ukraine. That was just. Yeah, Ukraine kind of shouldn't have been there. That was. Uh... <laughs> but it was nice to see it from an avid who really don't follow the game yeah. of soccer. It was good. I like. I text my guy. I'm like, wow, England just getting to the goal. They, I mean, I ain't see Ukraine on the other side. Like you said, they weren't supposed to be there, but they didn't have anything going. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it was some controversy in this game, uh, this past game for England. But yeah, um, I mean, hey, you, they finished off the penalty. They got, you know, they ultimately got the job done. Yeah. Yeah, um, and they're the more talented team than Denmark was a great story throughout this tournament. Yeah, England oh, yeah. was England was the more talented team. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you know, it, there was some controversy around the penalty. Personally, I don't think it should have been a penalty, uh, but that's what the ruling was. Harry Kane goes and finishes off the penalty, and here we are in Italy England final at Wembley. So it should be you know, and they're at like 80 percent capacity in that stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't. Once you go over 50, just allow full, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but, but, hey, you know what? We get a, you, we're getting a heck of a final here. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, I want to – are they going to hear this? I want to publicly, publicly apologize to Jose Partida. I know we should have went in on the Italy bet for, for the ITC pool. We should have just threw the bet on when uh, Italy was plus 450. For the odds, I just want to publicly apologize. We had one member that didn't want to put a bet down, so we didn't do it. Uh, so Italy winning for for us, but winning for the winning for the um, the country. Man, I wish my one wish from this tournament would have been that Kevin De Bruyne and Eden Hazard don't get hurt against Portugal for Belgium. Oh yeah, because I had Belgium before the tournament, and I maintain they are the best team in the world. Um, I you know if they got a healthy attacking roster, I maintain that this is the best team. Uh, this is the best team in the world, but it's the way it works out. My last one, we're going over to Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, go going over McGregor versus Poirier uh, pay per view this weekend. The co-main event, Rob attacked you in on Facebook. Don't sleep on this co-main event here. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson and Gilbert Burns. Thompson, the fourth-ranked welterweight in the world, Burns the second. His most recent fight was a loss to the current and reigning champion, Kamaru Usman. Uh, Burns actually an underdog in this fight. I was a little surprised, but a lot of money's coming in on Thompson here. I kind of like Thompson when this fight was announced, and the more and more I thought about it, the more and more I like Thompson. So I should have bet this two weeks ago when this was a lot closer to a pick But now Stephen Thompson's a minus-170 favorite, and I'm going to take Stephen Thompson here. And Ryle, let me tell you something with Steven Thompson. In every division, there's that guy that's a mm-hmm. bad matchup for the champion. Mm-hmm. There's that guy. And in the welterweight division, and the welterweight division is full of killers. You got Colby Covington, Gilbert Burns, Leon Edwards, people really like Masvidal, Vicente Luque, Michael Chiesa, full of killers in this welterweight mm-hmm. Stephen Thompson, my, but all those, most of those guys have already lost to Usman or just mm-hmm. would get dominated by him if they did flip face him. Thompson might be the guy. Thompson might be the guy here. And if he wins this fight, he's mm-hmm. going to get a chance to prove he's the guy. He okay. will be next in line for the title shot if he, can, if he can win this fight against Gilbert Burns. 
Stephen Thompson, very unique karate style kickboxer. Mm-hmm. He's a puzzle. He, he's a very unique fighter. No one really has a style similar to him. Actually, an undefeated professional kickboxer before he went into the MMA. I think he was 58-0. Um, his striking technique is out of this world. Um, very unique puzzle to try and solve here. I like Steven Thompson to be able to keep this standing against Gilbert Burns. Burns is a scary matchup. He does have really good power in his hands. He does have world-class jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu so good that when Kamaru Usman had him on his back, Usman, who's maybe the best wrestler in the UFC, had no interest in going to the ground with Gilbert Burns because his jiu-jitsu was that good. He had no interest in going down there with Gilbert Burns. Stephen Thompson, but with that being said, Stephen Thompson, he is a puzzle. He's a very unique fighter. He has great takedown defense. I trust him to be able to keep this on the feet. I trust him to pick apart Gilbert Burns over three rounds get the win by decision, and be next in line for the UFC title. I'm, I, with Poirier, obviously with McGregor, he's the star of the show anytime he's on a card. I'm almost more excited for this fight. I'm so intrigued by it. And I, there's a part of me that thinks Stephen Thompson, he's the, he's the guy. Like He's the one guy that would really have a chance against Kamaru Usman because his style is so unique. He's so odd in there. He's so impossible to replicate in a training camp. Uh-huh. He might be the guy. And if he wins on Saturday, he's going to get a chance to prove that he's the guy. He's got momentum on his side. His last couple of fights, he's beaten Jeff Neal. He's beaten Vicente Luque, uh, two guys currently ranked in the top 10. Um, I like Steven Thompson to walk away with the win over Gilbert Burns. I put my money down. I, I, I mean, I'm going to rock with you because you know you stuck. I'm really interested. I'm really interested in this fight. The one thing I almost made this my lock. The one thing is yo. Well, it's two things. It's Burns' power because, like you know, he's just a guy. He you know he connects on one. Uh-huh. You know that changes the whole uh, complexion of the fight. And if he does get it to the ground, his jujitsu is ridiculous. But Burns, he's great on the ground. I don't think he's a great takedown artist necessarily, so I think he's going to have a lot of trouble trying to get Stephen Thompson to the ground. And Stephen Thompson has a height and reach advantage. Mm. So I, li- I like Stephen Thompson here. It's a very intriguing fight between two of the five best welterweights on the planet. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> uh, those are our picks for the week. Uh, now let's close the door and clink, clink. Lock it up. Lock of the week. Um, I guess I'm going to bite off your style from last week. You hit on your Drew Holiday uh, prop bit. I'm going to hit on Thursday night, Chris Middleton, over 25 and a half points. Just looked at his game log. And his game twos, he doesn't really score a lot of points over 20. He really, yeah, he hasn't, yeah. He didn't eclipse any uh, – you know, twenty point uh, game for game two per se, but I, I just, I just got a feeling he's just gonna go off tonight. If he gets it going, he's really the to me. He's like that engine for the team. I know Giannis is the leader, he the brain, but Chris Middleton, man, if, if you got that one two punch with those guys, giving you buckets, uh, Giannis slashing to the basket, Middleton shooting it from three, they're unstoppable. They're they're a good one two combo. Good, solid combo. So I think Chris Middleton, he's going to have a, hopefully for myself, hopefully he has a big first half <laughs> uh, to get to the 25 and a half uh, over 
for the lock of the week. Yeah, so he, man, so we had talked earlier this week. I think we really talked more on Twitter, and I said, "Hey, Suns in Game Ones. That's the they. That's what they do." I, you're thinking, "What am I going to do here?" I'm like, "Rob, just bet. I don't care if Giannis plays or not. Just bet the Suns Game One. That's what they do." Now you're going to the trends. What trends are we seeing here throughout the playoffs? No, I like the 25 and a half over here for Chris Middleton as well. Um, he actually got it going a little bit in the second half of Game One. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game tonight. And I, you know, Middleton is a guy who he can get, you know, when he gets hot, he gets really, really hot. So yeah. even if he does only have like eight to 10 points at halftime, mm-hmm. you know, we've seen him twice in the third quarter against Atlanta, just really, just, or one time it was a fourth quarter, but we've mm-hmm. seen him in the second half just get ridiculously yeah. hot. So mm-hmm. I'm, but I'm with you there on 25 and a half. Um, I think we're going to see, you know, we're going to see a lot more of a spread floor. For him to operate yeah. with, uh, I think they're going to try to figure out ways to get Mikael Bridges off of him, and maybe get you know a Devin Booker or Chris Paul guarding him, someone a little bit smaller rather than Bridges, who's six foot eight, very long arms, who can match up with him a little more. Uh-huh. Uh, I think we're going to see an effort by Milwaukee to try and get smaller defenders onto him, so he can just pull up for that mid range jumper that he loves so much. So I'm with you there on a 25 and a half. My lock of the week. And I want to emphasize this as much as I can. This is not what I'm rooting for. This is just what I think is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Justin Poirier minus 120 against Conor McGregor. I think this will move closer to a pick by Saturday. Mm-hmm. I think we're gonna see, we've already seen some money on Conor today. I think we're going to see a little bit more money come in on Conor um, in the next uh, in the next couple of days before the fight. Um, but I like Poirier minus 120. It's hard, you know, there's an old saying, it's hard to wake up at 5 a.m. to train when you're sleeping on silk sheets. And Connor's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. He's got his media company, Mac Life. He's got his whiskey he just sold for hundreds of millions of dollars recently, Proper 12, flying right. private everywhere. Um, it's it's And once you, like, start that decline as a fighter, it's very rare that, once you're past 30, you start to decline a little bit and then you, you know, uptick again. Uh-huh. Um, so, and that's what we're seeing with Connor right now. He's not, it's not that he's still not one of the best uh, lightweights on the planet. It's that Dustin Poirier is in that ascension. He's in, you know, Connor's hit his prime 2016. And I think yeah. 2017, 2018 would have been his prime as well, but he went to go box Mayweather. And, you know, we kind of know the career arc of Connor McGregor here. Uh-huh. Um, but Dustin Poirier is hitting that ascension right now. He's peaking right now. This is the best version of Dustin Poirier. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we've already seen the best version of Conor McGregor. And we saw McGregor's last fight. The game has changed a lot. and Because we have to remember, UFC is a very young sport. So yeah. there are new techniques, new styles, new things that are entering the sport mm-hmm. constantly. And when Conor got his peak in 2016, there is one thing that people were not doing at that time. And that's the low calf kicks. And that's what hurt Connor in the first fight. Connor is fighting in a very, you know, he's less diverse in his striking now because he's so boxing focused as he wants to eventually fight Manny Pacquiao and uh, do different uh, and do different things. Mm-hmm. But the game is kind of passed Connor by a little bit. I, I'm not sure he's really capable of adapting his style at 32 years old now or 31, you know, past 30. I mm-hmm. like Poirier to win tonight. I believe he is peaking right now. I think, you know, not I think. I mean, we're seeing it. Connor's on the decline. Now, yeah. I can't stress this enough. I would love it if Connor won. I would love if Connor looked like 2016 Connor, 
came out. That left hand was a touch of death, knocked Poirier out, and Conor McGregor is back. You know, I would I think he's great for the sport. I love watching him. He's the most entertaining fighter, you know, in the history of the UFC easily. Um I just don't see it. I like Dustin Poirier to win tonight and be next in line to fight for the title against Charles Oliveira when he whenever he makes his first title defense. So I like Poirier minus one twenty against Connor. Little begrudgingly so though. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, it's kinda like you hate Connor a lot, but you wanna see him do good because he's just Oh, so you're you're not a Connor guy? Like I think he, I think he, he's good for the sport as far as entertainment wise, right? You know, but I, mean, I think he's solid, you know. But he just had, you know, the meltdown when he threw the chair at the bus, and yeah, you know, that wasn't great. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't that really wasn't great for him, and, and he lost to Khabib, then he lost to who else did he lose to? It was Poirier's the last guy he because what is and here's what has happened with Carter now he's so distracted he has all these other things going on when mm-hmm. he was at his peak he was I mean he it was only fighting there was no whiskey company there was no media company there was no it was just it was strictly fighting but now Conor McGregor you know is Conor McGregor Incorporated. He's his own company. He's not a businessman. He's a business man. Like, like he's like that's what Conor McGregor is now. And you have guys like Dustin Poirier who was who he's all all there is. The Poirier is fighting now. He has his charity and he has his hot sauce that he's selling. But you know, it's Poirier's. That's all there is though is fighting. And that's what Conor was at his peak. Once he went to fight Mayweather and he made. I don't know if it ever got officially disclosed how much he made, but it was nine figures. Mm-hmm. Um, once he got that, he became a business man. Yeah, so, yeah. It, so it like that, that we're, I don't think we're ever going to see Pete Connor again. I will always be curious if Connor would have never flopped Floyd and stayed as active in the UFC as he was throughout his peak. If he, if, if that version of Connor that we saw, you know, in early November, 2016 against Eddie Alvarez, if mm-hmm. that version of Connor would have fought Khabib, I believe Connor would have beaten Khabib. I thought I, I yeah. believe Connor would be the one on Khabib's resume. I true I truly believe that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I truly believe that, but we'll never know because yeah. after that, and that's still in my time watching the UFC, and I didn't really watch you know pre twenty ten, so I really couldn't go any deeper than that. Uh-huh. I'd never seen a more dominant championship performance. And Conor Herrera was going up in weight uh-huh. and, and just completely decimated a champion who was, you know, a weight class above him. Just, yeah. compl- just completely decimated him, and we, uh-huh. it, it was something we had no one had ever seen before. So I, it's, uh, I, it's sad to see Conor at you know at this lower level now when I've seen. <laughs> You know, there's so much time I spent watching him, and it's he was so amazing. 2015, 2016, he was so incredible, Uh so incredible on his rise to the top. Um, so I I hope he wins. I hope we get one more last run of Pete Connor. I just don't see it. I like Dustin Poirier minus 120, somewhat begrudgingly. So yeah, well well said, honestly. Well said about a man who was at the top, but. 
a lot of people kept calling like like i said he's entertaining so a lot of yeah. people will twist and turn him and try to pull him this way pull him that way and you know what he's honestly done what's best for him and going yeah. to fight floyd doing all these things because he's worth hundreds of millions yeah. of dollars yeah maybe one day in the future will be a billionaire now he spends yeah. money like crazy so I hope he doesn't end up on that story, but I feel he's he's making so much though. Yeah. Um, so it's so it, he's honestly done what's best for his family, like financially. But mm -hmm. just as like a fight fan, I wish we could have seen Pete Connor just go until he, you know, every great fighter flames out until he eventually flamed out. I wish we I could we could have just seen just how high he could have risen, and mm -hmm. I I think we were robbed of that. Yeah. But he made hundreds of millions of dollars in the world. <laughs> so did he really rob us now? Uh, so, he uh, robbed us of that, but he... But <laughs> he didn't rob himself. He didn't rob himself. Um, we, let's look at my crystal ball real quick for the futures bids. Oh, we don't really have anything, people. Well, uh, hold on. We do, because since our last, um, since our last uh, appearance, the Milwaukee Bucks have made the finals. Yeah. Someone here said it was going to be Suns versus Bucks in the finals. I don't, I don't know who that, who the great prophet was that uh, that predicted that. But uh, yeah, Suns plus eight fifty, Bucks plus three thirty. Uh, cash it, huh? Cashing yeah. on that. Cat cashing on that. We might uh, take a whole trip to Albuquerque this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> The Astros AAA teams actually in Albuquerque. There's skiers wow. be out there next weekend, so I think I might, I will actually go to Albuquerque for that. Shout out to the, the, the future, uh, the future Stros, and Breckman might be on a rehab assignment. And Breckman is from Albuquerque. He's from that time, yeah, he's from he's, there. He, and I actually have a good friend of mine out here who's friends out. They're not necessarily that close with Alex, but they're close with the family. Yeah. My, your boy might be uh meeting the third starting third baseman for the Astros here in about a week or so. So, man, you might what, be, what a move! What a move for the Astros organization to acquire the Sugarland Skeeters. Uh, have you been to the ballpark? I rolled by it many of times, but I ain't been inside. So, I uh, so Sam Houston, where I went to school, mm. they they do the college classic against U of H every or the no, Sanders classic, Don Sanders classic against U of H. Because Don Sanders went to Sam and his son went to U of H. So oh, there's the Sanders Cup is what it's called. And uh, so I've been to that stadium multiple times for U of H Sam Houston games. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've gotten to broadcast games there. And it's my favorite. It's my. It's been my favorite stadium. I, I mean, I got to call it Minute Maid. So take Minute Maid out of it. Um, but I, I love, I love Constellation Field. Mm -hmm. I, I love Constellation Field. It's basically the long-winded way of saying it. it's my favorite place. I've, outside of Minute Maid, the favorite place I've called a game at before. Yeah, uh, absolutely love Constellation Field. Love there. Love the ballpark out there, and it's you know really nice park. Especially it's a and then being so close to Houston, you know, yeah, that's for the Astros. If you get, you send guys on rehab assignments there, you got them. You know, you got them right. They they can still live at home. You know, and yes, drive up to Sugarland to the ballpark. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's a. Uh, yeah, I, I love Constellation Field. It's a great minor league park, and what a move by the Astros to acquire them, get them as a AAA affiliate because it, yeah. that's a, I love that I love that ballpark. It's a great area of the Houston Metroplex out there in Sugarland. Um, so now instead of getting Tracy McGrady pitching appearance, uh, appearances, we can, 
you know, we see some future and sometimes current major leaguers. Yeah, you see, you see better talent than T Mac on the baseball. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so nothing's really changed. Um, Gabe, I know, plus 2500 for the Astros to win the World Series. I know we're not a sports sports show, uh, but Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa said well, we're not going to the All Star game. It's been announced. I'm uh, fine with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool with it. I know what it, I know what it really means. Now, know if they were starting, I would want them to be there. And I think Correa absolutely should have been a starter. Altuve yeah. had, I think Mark, Marcus Semien. Marcus Semien. That, that was a toss-up. And mm-hmm. with the Astros not having the best approval rating in baseball right now, to say the least, uh, if it's a toss-up, it's definitely going to go to the other guy. But I think Correa absolutely should have been a starter. So if they were starters – I would say, man, just go. But it, yeah. as a reserve, you might get in at bat, play a couple innings in the field. Um, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm cool, especially Correa. He's got a very pregnant wife right now, so get take the take the week off with her. And Altuve said he's kind of been nursing a leg injury here, which makes some sense. I've been watching the Astros, and Altuve's not busting it down the line as hard as he was uh, earlier this season. So. And I was like, man, it's not like Altuve to just, you know, not not go all out down the first baseline on a ground ball. So it's uh, that makes some sense there with what he was saying. So take the days off, get ready for a deep playoff run into October, there, boys. So take the take the days off. All right, Gabe gave y'all the the proper way they were they were saying we're not going there. Take some days off. Altuve got the leg injury. Correa, you know. You know, Miss Danielle, um, she she's expecting, so he want to be close to her. That this is what they saying. The stars are f you for not voting us to be on there already. We should have beat that Simeon. We should have beat that who they who who beat that uh, Bogarts. They should have beat that. I mean, no, I say, uh, Bogarts and Simeon are both having really. Good. <laughs> they, they are. I do, and I'm biased, obviously. But I do believe Altuve and Correa should have been the starters. They should have been starters. It's not take away from Semien and Bogart. So there's a case to be made for both of them as well. They're both. Yeah, yeah. I, I ain't knocking. Look, I done made some money off both of them teams before. <laughs> I done made some money off the Blue Jays and the Red Sox this season. So I'm not knocking Xander Bogart, and I'm not knocking Marcus Semien at all. But, hey, this, I'm reading a quote. Uh, good friend of mine. Well, he's not a good friend of mine. He doesn't um, – he still follows me. Uh, Mark Berman from Fox 26 News. Uh, Jose, <laughs> he asked Jose Hotube on that choosing for the uh, to play in the All-Star game. Uh, Jose said, I really want to thank everybody that voted for me, that believe in me. I really need these four days. I'm putting my team first because I really think we have a chance to win this year. So to Gabe's $2,500 bid point, hey, they, they believe in it. And he's taking the right – he, he's making the right – He's making the right um, choice for the team first. And it's an exhibition game. Altuve's been in the game anymore. Like five or six All Star games before. Yeah. You know, Correa, now Correa's only made one before, but, yeah. it, you know, very pregnant wife. It, his is a little more unique of a circumstance. And for, yeah. you know, for a guy like Ryan Presley, who's only his second, his second All Star appearance, as much as I'd love to see Presley just stay home and not put the extra 20 pitches. <laughs> on himself that'll throw, you know, in an inning of the all-star game. It's you know, go enjoy it, you know. Go enjoy it. 
And, uh, and you know, and everything. I would love to see all in Brantley too. I'd love to see all of them. Just say, "No, nah, we're not going." Nah, we're not going. You know, and then that really be a middle. That, that really piss everybody off. Yeah, that that really be a middle. I'm kind of enjoying this bad guys of baseball. So hold on, I got a text while you while I was speaking right now. Friend of mine in Albuquerque just said, "Hey, your skiers are coming to town. They might bring Alex Bregman with them next weekend." Oh, that's gonna be big. So it's a. I will. <laughs> Rest assured, I mean, I, I I was already planning on being there before the Bregman rehab assignment thing was announced that he would possibly be there. Wow. Um, so I was already going to be there, but now it's – now your boy – rest assured, if Alex Bregman's in Albuquerque, rest assured your boy will be uh, will be meeting Alex Bregman for the second time in my uh, life. I'll tell you about the first time I met him off the air. Um, not, not sure I can share that. I could. I'm just not going to. Yeah. Um, so um, – I guess, I like, guess, well, I guess my question is, Albuquerque affiliate is Arizona Diamondbacks? Uh, Rockies. Rockies. God, I Rockies. Forgot about them. Yeah, I, I, they used to be the Dodger affiliate, I think, back in the day. Mm. There's actually a big contingent. There's a big contingent of Dodger fans in New Mexico. I, I wouldn't pass it. <laughs> there was there's a big contingent of Dodger fans in New Mexico. But, yeah, it used to be the Dodger affiliate. Now it's the Rocky affiliate. People here are like, man, and, and I'll say their ballpark is pretty sweet. Ah. So it, it's funny how it's set up because, so, and then we'll go to our parlays here. So it's funny how it's set up out in Albuquerque because they have the UNM football, basketball, baseball, softball, like all next to each other. So you would think like Division One baseball and the AAA team, they just share a stadium. But right next to the football baseball stadium is uh-huh. Isotopes Park or the Isotopes Place. So they got two like, they got two little baseball stadiums. But I will say, UNM's facilities, I'll brag on UNM here before we go. UNM's facilities for a non-Power 5 school, mm-hmm. put up against anybody. Oh, yeah. Put UNM, I mean, the baseball facilities, you know, they're putting money into it. They need to upgrade that press box as a media member. But that's next on the agenda, I was told by several people. That's next on the agenda. Softball facilities, immaculate. immaculate. Their tennis facility solid. The pit, the basketball arena is a – Top non-power six arena, maybe the top non-power six arena in the country. Football stadiums, nice for a non-power five. Really, a small conference school um, in the Mountain West. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I just want to brag on UNM's facilities. They got a, they got a practice bubble as a Mountain West school. They got a practice bubble. Uh, so it's a uh, brag on UNM there for a bit because they're taking care of their athletes over there. So you always got a bubble. What's that? UH got a well, they got a field house and they got a bubble too, I think. Oh, UNM's got a field house, yeah. Oh, okay. No, right. but, but I'm saying like I know, I know they're mountain. Well, I'm saying, like, put, I'm put, like cause it was, you know, because I've been there a few times and you know, now just covering different sports, all the mm-hmm. state championship stuff is held at UNM, and I've been lucky enough to cover some state championship contending teams and one state champion this year. Oh, um man. But I've been out there and it's, you know, got like I didn't expect the facilities for a Mountain West school to be, you know, to be that nice. nice. Um, so I was like, man, I put it up. It could, I mean, obviously, if you're a power five, it, you know, it's a different level, it's a whole different playing field. Like, I wouldn't put it up against like Texas AM or UT, yeah. Um, but like it compares, and U of H got some nice, their I like their baseball stadium, their basketball, oh, yeah. they have a brand new basketball arena, brand new football stadium. So U of H might be like the top tier of like non-power five, and they really mm-hmm. should be a power five. That's a different conversation, though. Um, but I mean, any non-power five UNM facilities compare ve- very favorably against. 
So that's I just wanted to brag on them for a bit because it's they they they're, they're taking care of their kids out here. One time for New Mexico University of New Mexico, Go baby. <laughs> and uh, welcome Alex Bregman to the hometown, y'all. Y'all welcome him, and uh, he gonna hit a home run. That'd be crazy to hit a home run. And oh, it's gonna that will probably be the, if he ends up playing. That'll be the Isotopes' best uh, selling series of the year. Okay. He is very. When people find out I'm an Astros fan, and I'm usually wearing a hat or a shirt or something, <laughs> um, they're like, "Oh, Bregman, Bregman, Bre-. like, I, like everyone like tells me about it." So I'm, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty. Uh, I was already, you know, excited to go see the park for the first time, like actually as a fan. Um, mm-hmm. Now, you know, see Bregman in a rehab assignment, pro- you know, get to meet him with the connections that I have. Uh, <laughs> so it's no, I'm excited, but man, let's get into the. Uh, Let's get into the parlay of the week, so that way off the air I can tell you about my previous encounter. <laughs> All right, since you're eager, let me go ahead and get this. I only have four. I only have a four, uh, I think. Y'all only yeah, have a four. Yeah, you got a four-legger. Four-legger. So I'm going to go Milwaukee plus four and a half now. It was five and a half. Some money came in on Milwaukee side and uh, lowered the number down. So four and a half. Uh, for Milwaukee, I'm still going with the under uh, 220 and a half for Milwaukee and Phoenix. Uh, let's go to the diamond. I think the Padres will get their lick back uh, after a devastating, devastating beatdown of the Washington Nationals um, Wednesday night. Um, good matchup. If you're into the diamond, Matt Scher- Max Scherzer on one side, you Darvish on the other side, hey, get your popcorn ready. That's gonna be a battle right there. Uh, but I got San Diego winning. It. Minus 146. You Darvish, a snub. He should have been on All-Star. He didn't make the All-Star team? Nah. What? That is that's a snub. Him and Yuli Guriel. Him and, him and Yuli Guriel. That's a couple of snubs right there. I don't think he did, man. I, I could check my sources. I, don't think I believe you. I, I'm just more shocked than anything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, uh, minus one forty six for uh, San Diego Padres. Wow, they haven't moved anywhere. San Diego Padres, they haven't moved. Uh, Italy uh, plus two hundred, like I said before, and uh, that payout is seventeen forty five. So you put a little nice little wager on it, you get a little some money. Nice little payday. All right. So Rob, I've been four or five the last two weeks on the parlay. We're going. We're hitting it this week, and we're hitting a big one. Mm-hmm. We're gonna start off in the octagon out in Vegas on the prelims card. Ryan Hall, he's the best fighter you haven't heard about in the featherweight division. A jujitsu ace doesn't look like he would be a pro fighter and a really good pro fighter at that. He looks like the average suburban dad, if I'm being quite honest with you. But Ryan Hall, a jujitsu ace, a plus one ninety underdog like Ryan Hall to get the win on the prelims. He's the guy. Every division kind of has the boogeyman that, like, no one really wants to face because, they, you know, they don't get cred for beating him and they don't, and it, you know, and if they lose to him, it just looks bad for him and he's better than people think. Kamaru Usman was that guy for years at the welterweight division. I don't necessarily think Ryan Hall is going to have the UFC career Kamaru Usman, um, but Ryan Hall is that boogeyman at the featherweight division. I like him plus 190. Uh, Stephen Thompson, Gilbert Burns touched on it earlier. I like the over two and a half here. Thompson, he is capable of finishing you, mm-hmm. but he's not a finisher. He's a he's a karate. He's, his background's in karate. He's a point fighter. 
He's yeah. gonna put you up. You know, he's going. You know, he's, he's going to touch you up, and he's going to be very cautious with Gilbert Burns because of how good his jujitsu is. Doesn't want to get. Doesn't want to get on the ground. And mm-hmm. also, Gilbert Burns' big powers. Thompson's going to stay on the outside. Stick and move, stick and move. I like over two and a half rounds in that one. Uh, minus one fifty-five there. Poirier McGregor. I like under two and a half rounds there. It's minus one forty odds on that one. Even if Connor wins this fight, it's not going over two and a half rounds. All of Connor's knockouts in his career in the UFC, all of Connor's UFC knockouts have come in the first two rounds. Mm-hmm. He has not gotten a knockout after the second round. I think his latest knockout. The latest he got one, it was in the last minute of the second round of the Chad uh-huh. Mendez fight in June or July of 2015. Um, that's the latest he's ever knocked somebody out. It's always in the first or second round if he gets someone. So even if Connor wins like under two and a half, but poor, I think Poirier gets him again, you know, some point in the second round. I like under two and a half there. I like it with you on that one. I like Italy plus 200, I, one nil. I'm calling my final score right there. Now with that plus 200, they got to do it in regulation. Oh. That's so. If they go to overtime, then that bet's off the table. Um, and then, lastly, I'm with you again. Phoenix, Milwaukee under two twenty and a half. Like a slower paced game, putting Giannis at the five solves a lot of defensive issues for the Bucks. Uh-huh. Um, so give me the uh, yeah, give me give me under two twenty five there with the un, with the underdog with the plus two hundred of Italy and the plus one ninety of Ryan Hall in that parlay. Pays out $4,690. So, Rob, I will be tapping into your bank account again this weekend. Uh, so, appreciate that once again. Uh, uh, thanks, guys. Made don't error. worry. When it hits, I will give you the $100 back. So. Wow. Thanks, Gabe. <laughs> Such a great friend. Uh, error on my end. You, Darvish, did make the All-Star team. Okay. I was going to say, like, Man, I heard, you know, I thought Yuli was a snub mm-hmm. uh, for the All-Star game. I thought Jordan Alvarez is someone who you could have made the case for, although it's, you know, with J.D. Martinez and Shohei making it as a D.H. Otani, it, you know, you're, even though Jordan's having a really good year, it just – that was tough because he's just in a loaded group. Yeah. Um, yeah but I, but there were – yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, I, I did I did think Yuli got snubbed, so mm-hmm. I I didn't. That's the, that's the one for me. That's that's my snub. He's hitting three twenty, hitting in the middle of the order, the best offense in baseball. Uh, I think he's I think he's like sixth or seventh in the American League in batting average. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's, you know the first baseman like Matt Olson deserved it. Um, yeah. Vlad Guerrero Jr. deserved it. Uh, but you just got to you got to get Yuli on the roster as well. Um, so that's. Uh, but there's gonna be every every time there's an All Star, you know, game or All NBA or All Pro teams, there's always gonna be you know there's always gonna be one or two snubs. So that's just the way it works out. But Rob, I think we are, uh, I think we're done here. Um, yeah. I think we're done here. Hey, UFC, the next one, two sixty fives in Houston, Texas, with our boy Derek Lewis on it. I I can't tell you how pumped I am for that fight. Love Derek Lewis, but. I've been calling my shot with his competitor, Seattle God. I've been calling my shot with him. I've been saying he's a future champion. And you have to understand, I think John Jones is the greatest fighter of all time. And last week on the podcast, I don't know if you caught it, but I said, John Jones, I'm not sure you want a part of him. Yeah. God's a different dude. Yeah, he did. That's a, that's a different beast. 
We're gonna see, man. That's, gonna a, see. that's a different beast out there. So it's uh I'm really looking I really looking forward to this weekend and the UFC going forward. We got the Euro Championship on Sunday, underrated Copa America final on Saturday night, Brazil versus Argentina, Messi versus Neymar. I think I was on, on FS1. So um, and we got, you know, great soccer action this weekend, great UFC action this weekend. We got finals game three on Sunday night. So it's, uh, I mean, just a great, this is, this might be the best sports weekend of the summer. I feel comfortable saying that. To the Euro final, Copa America final, you got the NBA finals, the Wimbledon final, men's and women's final Saturday and Sunday as well. And then uh, UFC 264 with Conor McGregor on it. For the, I think that's I think this is as good as it gets to, until football season. Yeah, which is, I mean, camp start in two weeks. Yeah, so, yeah. so it's. Uh, I talked to a high school football coach today. He told me they're three weeks away from two a days. So Ooh. we're getting to that time. But I think uh, as far as the summer goes, June and July, and really up in, basically up until college football starts, mm-hmm. this is the best sports weekend of the summer. Yeah. This, right. I, I feel comfortable saying this is the best sports weekend of the summer. So take it in, enjoy people, play some, play some bets, bet responsibly, crack open a few cold ones. I know I will be um, drink responsibly as well. Uh, all the important messages from the gambling stacks, Shaq, don't do drugs, stay in school. Uh, I think, I think I've covered it all. Yeah, you did. Uh, you can follow <laughs> me on Twitter and Robo Harris Jr. Follow my man Gabe on Twitter at G underscore Myers33. And happy betting. Happy, happy betting, everybody. <laughs>